So let me uh, get right into the introductions of our, of our panel who are very much interested in talking to all of you and they're very qualified because not only are they former major leaguers, uh, but uh, they've had uh, children of their own and they've been coaching youth baseball. Uh, so it's, uh, it's something that they are very familiar with and something that they are very qualified to talk about. So we'll begin with 93 National League champion, a former All-Star, second baseman and current Phillies ambassador, Mickey Morandini. And uh, sitting there in the middle is our Phillies EAP. We'll let you know, uh, he will, what that, those initials stand for. Also on the playing field, a member of the 1980 World Champions, please welcome Dickie Knowles. And sitting closest to me, a member of the 93 National League Champions and a coach on the 2008 World Champions. Please welcome Milt Thompson. <laughs> Mickey, let's start with you. And, and the first uh, question I think I, that everybody is here to know about and want to find out about, are the pressures involved in being a young athlete and also how parents can best handle those pressures? Give, give, give us a, we're going to get into detail, but give us a, a brief idea of, of, of how you look at that, Mickey, the pressures in, in baseball and softball. Well, um, it's, it's especially uh, today's game because there's so much TV coverage, uh, so much social media coverage. Um, you know, everybody's on Facebook and Instagram and all those social media outlets, but um, there's a lot of pressure in Philadelphia, as most of you know. You know, the fans expect a lot of the athletes here. Um, they want winning baseball, and um, they let you know if you're not playing the game the right way. So um, it was tough for me because <clears throat> when I was young, uh, I didn't, uh, I was kind of quiet. You know, I just kind of kept to myself and got into that clubhouse and was real quiet. and. Uh, uh, it took me a long time to become more social, and you almost have to as a baseball player because you deal with fans and you deal with media, TV coverage, and then you go out in the public and you know speak to groups and things like that. So uh, there was a lot of pressure. There always is a lot of pressure uh, in sports to win. Um, that's the name of the game now. It's not at the major league level. It's about going out and winning, um, and that puts a lot of pressure on athletes. Dickie, there are a lot of ways to reduce stress um, and uh, remove the stressors that you have when you're playing a game. Uh, what are some positive ways to reduce the stress involved, especially with young people playing sports? Well, I think you, you, when you look at it, stress, stress is a natural part of life. It's a part of life. When stress becomes something like anxiety, then you, then you, then you need to... Uh, uh, deal with that and there's so many different levels of anxiety, but I think the way you, you handle stress is you, you communicate you, you talk to the people that you love your friends your family and you let them know how you're feeling I always preach play the game to have fun if you don't play the game to have fun If you went out here on this major league field right now and you went around and there's some guys making a lot of money there And there's some guys that just like Mickey said with social media and everything else they get judged for every play They get judged for every pitch and they know that but if you went out there and you sat and talked with them and took them back to the Little League 
and said, how did you feel when you played Little League Baseball? You know, I know parents are more involved with Little League Baseball than they were when I played, but when they played Little League Baseball to play to have fun, those guys still play to have fun. Milt played to have fun, Mickey and myself, we played to have fun. So I think the way you reduce stress, and you, don't, you just don't let it, you don't let it happen. You, you have fun and you keep yourself in check. You, you know, the best way to identify anything is early intervention. The best early intervention is prevention. So if you can monitor your, your stress level, then you have a chance not to let it run down the road on you and maybe turn into anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, most every one of, of our young people from Urban Youth Academy, uh, when they come up to the plate for the first time uh, in a game or maybe even the first time in the season or the first time in a big game, you're going to have nerves, and that's natural. Uh, Milt, how, how do you know the difference between normal anxiety and something that you might need to talk to somebody about? Uh, it depends on the pressure you put on yourself. You know, I, I say all the time, uh, I got a question for you guys. How does a baseball or a softball game move along? Simple question. Somebody answer it. Raise your Everybody? hand. Give me an how does the game yeah. move along? Yeah. <laughs> slow. <laughs> and slower all the time, yeah. unfortunately. But there is an outs. answer. Outs. Outs. Three outs, half inning. There, you're going to make an out in this game. That's part of it. When you understand that the only way a game moves along is you're going to make outs and you're going to make a bunch of them, takes a lot of stress off you. You know, guys at our level who are Hall of Famers, we're still getting out seven out of ten times. So when you break it down like that and you don't put all this pressure on yourself, I got to get a hit, I got to get a hit. Boy, (laughs) one of the things my dad taught me a long time ago, don't think, don't try. Trust yourself, trust your ability, just go out there, have fun, and play, you know? Every at-bat's a different different challenge, you know? Um, Especially when I was working in the minor leagues. Uh Uh-huh. Guys, their first at bat was their day. They have a bad first at bat, head goes down, boom, <coughs> game's over. No, you got at least three, four more at bats, you know? And it's so many ways you can win a ball game. It's not about getting a hit all the time, making a great play defensively, you know, running the bases the right way. It's a team effort. You got to remember that it's team effort. Some days you're not going to get hits. Still, there's other ways you can help your team win. You know, there's a, a story that Larry Boa likes to tell on himself. You guys all know our Wall of Famer, shortstop Larry Boa, member of the 80 World Champions. His first minor league game, he goes up to the plate and he can barely even see the ball before it's past him. Well, he struck out, I think he struck out three or four times in that game. And he came back to his locker and he started putting his gear away because he was sure he was going to get cut after that game because he didn't even he didn't get so much as a loud foul ball and the manager came over and he said you know what I think you're going to be okay don't get down on yourself because that pitcher that you face tonight's a prospect I think he's going to be pretty good his name is Nolan Ryan <laughs> so that's uh, I mean talk about a, a quick check Dickie uh, what are some ways that you can tell the difference between normal anxiety and maybe Let's, let's talk to maybe my coach or my parents or maybe even get referred to a mental health professional. How do you know the difference and when it's time to seek some Like I said, health? stress is normal, but when you have anxiety, that's fear and worrying. 
when you start to worry about something and it changes your whole behavior and changes your whole day, you're worrying so much about uh, what's going to happen um, or, or, you, or you, your environment that you're in, you're worrying about the environment. I used to tell people all the time that when you, you know, it's kind of like if you have a panic attack, it will go away. It's like being on top of the Empire State Building. Panic attack is you're on the top of the Empire State Building walking around, there's a trap door and you don't know where it is. Usually when you have someone with a panic attack, you get them safe, get them outside, it will pass. Anxiety, generalized anxiety, there's so many different forms of anxiety, is something that where your fear and worrying is constant. It's there. It's hard to get rid of. So that would be my explanation in a short view, short point of view there. Mickey, you mentioned when you came up to that uh, Phillies team that eventually went on to win the National League Championship that you were quiet. Uh, is there a certain way to behave when you, when you start off with a team, or is it best just to be yourself and, and uh, let the chips fall where they may? I think you've got to, always got to be yourself. You can't try and be something that you're not. Always try and be yourself. Now, there were obviously a lot of people in the clubhouse that, you know, talked a lot. And I was just one of those guys that didn't talk very much. But I will say this, through baseball, through dealing with fans and media and going out and starting to speak in the public, which I was really nervous about when I first got called up, um, I've become very comfortable talking in front of people now. Actually, I probably talk too much now in front of people. So, um, but, you know, I surrounded myself with a lot of good people. My wife is very outgoing, so she kind of helped me through it. When I, we go out with, with my wife, she's always talking to people. So it kind of forced me to interact as well. So um, just be yourself out there. And if, if you're not one of those people that likes to communicate, you're not one of those people that are leaders, that's okay. Just be yourself and do the best you can. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dickie, I mentioned that you are the Phillies EAP. Why don't you let everybody know what those initials stand for and what the job entails? Well, in employee assistance deals with mental health. As employee assistant professional, I've been doing it for 28 years here. I've been with the Phillies after my career for 31 years. Mickey just said something I'd like to kind of piggyback on a little bit. The, the, the communication is very important. How many parents we have in here? So that's critical that you communicate with your kids. When you look at anxiety or depression, now we know what mental health is and the stigma of mental health has been broken. We, we, people used to tell you when you were depressed, just, just, just start to feel better or just you know, go out and have some fun, you'll feel better or suck it up, whatever. We understand now that depression is probably the number one uh, mental health situation out there. Anxiety and depression, they go back and forth. They're not the same. Anxiety and depression, for many years we heard that anxiety and depression were the same thing. They're not the same. Um, anxiety right now is the number one thing that I deal with. It's probably the number one thing we deal with in mental health and depression is there. We know that young people are having 42% of young people in America don't seek treatment for depression. 42%. That's a large number. And I know every parent in here would love to say, 
I, I would never want my kid to be depressed. We all don't want it, but it's out there. Suicide. 80% of people that commit suicide have talked about it. So make sure you're talking to your kids. I think sports is an, is an avenue where we can get high naturally. I used to have a program in Philadelphia I ran called Natural Highs for Young People, and I'd go out and speak to the kids on the dangers of drugs and alcohol. And when I would do that, I would always have this program called Natural High. I can get high naturally. When you exercise, you secrete hormones 400 times more powerful than the drug of morphine. Laughter, you do that too. So if you're exercising, having fun, communicate with your kids, know where they're at, know, what, know how they're feeling. You can't make somebody feel a certain way. Uh, so that would be my whole thing to be able to tell you. As an employee assistant professional, I deal with anxiety and I deal with depression and substance abuse. Most people don't understand this, but those ball players out there are pretty well. If I was going to open up a treatment facility just being in baseball, I'd go broke. But we have a nation right now that has a substance abuse problem that nobody's looking at. And let me say one more thing about depression. Everybody says depression is the most easiest treatable illness known to man. Well, it is. It can be treated with, with a, not just medication, but with psych, uh, psychologists and according uh, uh, you know, to what kind of treatment you may need. But it is not easy treatable. We have two things going on in America right now. Is most people don't take insurance, so it's very expensive. So it's important to understand that when someone has depression and 42% of the kids are not seeking help, that might be why. We need to get a handle on the insurance industry in this country to try to get more help for kids. And when someone's out there that needs help and it becomes an issue where I'm going to go to a psychiatrist, he doesn't take insurance, we need to figure out a way to try to help in that area. So that might be why there's 42% of people out there, young people, that don't seek help for depression. It can be treated. Suicide, when I was growing up, I don't know about you guys, but everybody said, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. That's not true. Suicide is a prevent preventable uh, uh, illness that people deal with. And when you talk about suicide, usually there's substance abuse or depression somewhere along the line before the suicide starts. But we need to start taking a look at what's going on with the drugs in this country, too, because that can lead people down the wrong road when it comes to other mental illnesses. Don't think marijuana is easy to, I mean, let me just back up a little bit. Don't think that marijuana, not medical marijuana, don't think that marijuana is not wreaking havoc on our country today, especially in the sporting industry. That can cause mental health issues. Well said. Mm. Milt, there are probably some uh, adults here who are coaches or part-time coaches and, and certainly you know, parents of kids who are playing. What should they be looking for if their young person, player, or uh, child is, is not willing to come forward and talk about mental health challenges? What, what's important to look for in a young person? When they start backing away, being lonely, uh, always with the head down, never a smile on their face. Uh, I always tell kids all the time, you're playing a game, have fun out there and enjoy yourself. But if you see a kid, um, I talked about it earlier when I was coaching in the minor leagues and I was talking to these guys. Some guys, their first at bat was their game. Mm -hmm. They had a first bat at bat, they weren't gonna be very good the rest of the game. Head would fall down, wouldn't pay attention, you know. You always gotta, be lifted up you know everybody's gonna make outs you know teammates are very important in this you know if one of your teammates makes an out hey hey come on get them next time we got them I got you pick them up every single time don't let them get over there and get into a funk get their head down and uh, not focused on the game and and the, 
you know, the team to let's get out here and win this ball game. You know, all of us make outs. We've made a ton of them. <laughs> well, we keep our heads up and we keep moving. Mickey, there's a, there's a lot of things that you can look at if you are a, a coach or, or a parent uh, to help a young player. What are some of the things that not only you can look for, but as, as Milt said, try to expand on that a little bit, about some of the ways that you cannot put pressure on your kids because so many times now, how many times have we heard this? The kids are fine. It's the adults who are screwing up the game. I mean, we've all heard this. We've all heard this. And it's because, you know, the, the, the kid is, uh, the kid's fine. The, the coach is trying to be the coach Can of the year. Can I say something real quick? Go ahead. Can I Mel? say something real quick? If, if you're a parent and your kid is at the plate and every time a pitch comes in, whether they swing it or take it, and they turn it around and they're looking at you, that's a problem. <laughs> it's a big problem. You got to let them alone, leave them alone, and let them enjoy themselves and have fun. That's a, you that's know, a the kids should never out. have to worry about what, what their parents are thinking. When they, once you get on that field, you're on that field to have fun. Last thing I'm going to say is how many of you guys go to tryouts? Raise your hand. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's a showcase. You go out there and showcase your ability. You know, that try word gets us in trouble every time. I tell all kids now, you go out there and showcase your talent. Don't go out there and try to, try to do anything. It's, you're going to end up failing. Keep your head up. Stay positive. Go out there and have fun. Mickey, if you're a coach, how do you reduce pressure on your kids? First, by not just telling them they're going to get to the major leagues. How do you, how do you reduce the pressure and, and try to make sure that they have fun? Just being positive. You've got to be positive in this game. Um, you know, I grew up in an era where coaches yelled at you a lot, and you had to take it. You know, you had to take it. And fortunately enough for me, I was able to take that and, and turn it around into something positive. But just be positive with your kids. Like, like Milt said, you're gonna, this is a game where you make seven out of ten outs, and you're considered a Hall of Famer at the major league level. So you're going to make a ton of outs. You're going to make errors. Um, you're going to do some things in the bases that, uh, you know, you're going to make mistakes. So just be positive. That's, that's the biggest thing is, hey, go get them next time. And as Milt said, um, you know, I coached some travel ball with my kids when I was young. And it got to the point where I didn't pick the kids based on their talent. I picked the kids based on what the parents were like. And that should never happen. And, you, you, you know, you laugh, but, you know... <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's very so, true. Um, you know, practice is, is what your kids do to get better. Games are to go out to have fun. And as Milt said, showcase your talents. So let them go out there and showcase their talents. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Some things have uh, changed uh, for the right reasons and in a positive direction. All these guys, when they first came into their first major league clubhouse, as rookies, I'm sure there was a certain amount of, if it wasn't called hazing, it was called rookie indoctrination, right? You guys all had to do certain things before you could feel like you're a member of the team. This club here 
has a lot of young players on it. And the young players on this team have been performing very, very well. And I've had the opportunity to talk to a couple of them without naming who they are. Uh, they point to a guy like Kyle Schwarber, who made them feel comfortable the first day they came up into that clubhouse, made them feel like they were a part of the team and that they were there to contribute no less or no more than any of the veterans in here. And they say that's one of the reasons why they've been able to, the young people I'm talking about, have been able to make a contribution. And Schwarber goes back to, I said, how did, how did you come about that? And he said, well, I was a, when I was a kid, my dad was a, uh, a policeman. He was in charge of the precinct. And he would pick me up after school. And he would take me to the precinct. And I would learn at a very early age in, in my, you know, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, how these policemen and women would kid each other good-naturedly, but they always had each other's back at all times. And he said, I learned that very early, how important that was in any group, right? I mean, Mickey, you've got to know that's important in any group you're in, but especially in a, in a clubhouse. So we are making some strides in the right direction, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, we are. When I first came up in the big leagues, um, nobody talked to me. Even though I was quiet, nobody talked to me. You were just supposed to come out, keep your mouth shut, play the game, and then eventually, you know, you'd fit into that clubhouse. Nowadays, it's completely different. Um, the young players have a say. They come up. They feel comfortable in that clubhouse, and that's what you need to, to build camaraderie. And uh, the Phillies are a great example. When Rob Thompson took over, you know, those young players got to play a little bit more. They started contributing and being a part of that, uh, that clubhouse. And as you see, they took off. They went from about eight games under 500. Now they're about 12 or 13 over 500. And those young kids are a big part of it. Yeah. This question came from, from one of you. I don't know who it is. I, I didn't, we didn't ask for names. But uh, any of you can take this. As teammates, what can we do to check in on our other teammates who may or may not be having mental health concerns? Anybody can take that. And you can all, you can all take that. Well, just, you know, ask questions. Talk to each other. Communicate, you know. That's so important, you know. You guys are going to meet people now that will be friends for life. I've known these guys forever. And, you know, we're friends for life. It ain't a... It ain't a minute that I can't pick up my phone and, and call Dickie and talk to him about something or Mickey or anybody on that 93 team or guys who I played with in the past and that's what it's all about to being able to communicate and then express yourself about how you feel if something's, something's bothering you. And Dickie you kind of mentioned that on being as part of being a good teammate you should be able to see some signs. Yeah we'll, you know we'll about we got to be careful not to create mental health issues too so I think that's a great question. If a person has a mental health issue, you, kids are going to know it. Kids are very smart. They're going to understand it. They may not understand it. You know, when I said, you know, if you have a depression child or a depression friend, what I was trying to say earlier was be patient. Everybody says, well, it's the easiest treatable illness. It is not. It takes time. You have to be patient. I think you have to be patient with your development of your athletes, too. And uh, when I was in Little League, I was terrible. I was the worst Little League player in the league. And I end up becoming a major league baseball player. So it's taking the time and having the patience and, and understanding. If you're a friend, to be a good teammate is, is different than being a great friend. Being a good teammate is one thing. That's being a really good friend, too. I would, I would say that most of the players that I played with, he was a great teammate. He was a great teammate. 
being a good teammate would, would be something that after I was done playing that I'd love for somebody to say about me over being a great player. But as you look at, say, that question was worded, how would I be able to be able to help my teammate? And it doesn't matter if it's stress or it doesn't matter if it's mental health. It just means how would I be able to help them? You can listen to somebody and make a tremendous value in that person's life. When you listen to a person, you make a big value in their life. That says a lot about being a good teammate and a good person. Listen to them. Acknowledge what they're saying. Treat people like you want to be treated. That's a bottom line. Treat Amen. people like you want to be treated, and Amen. you'll be a good listener, too. And I think one thing that's important, too, for young athletes is, and I don't know if this has really anything to do with mental, mental health or not, but play different sports. Play basketball, play lacrosse, play baseball, play softball, play different sports, and find out what you enjoy and what you like. You're not going to love every sport. I played football one year in eighth grade in high school. I didn't like it, so I didn't play it anymore. But I loved basketball and baseball, so those are the two sports I played. Do multiple things, you know, things in school, drama club, all that stuff. You know, do all that stuff. You're going to be good at something, I guarantee. You're going to be good at something. You're going to enjoy something. And that's what you pursue as you get older. Can I add one thing to that? Sure. Uh, go I'm going to make a short statement. And don't ever forget this. It's okay to be who you are. Right. <laughs> right. Be comfortable in your own skin. That's right. right. You don't need other people to make value judgments on you. You hopefully will feel. And if you don't, then you need to take the next step. Uh, Mickey, we have uh, one of the folks out here. This is going to be, um, I used to be a reporter and ask hard questions. This might be the closest I've ever come to asking a hard question now that I work here. But they asked it, I didn't. Okay, Mick? All right. According to Baseball Reference, our panelist, Mickey Morandini, is the 14th greatest fielding second baseman of all time. Well, there's the good part. But, I'm sorry to bring this up, Mick. You still committed over 60 errors in your career. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Yeah. What, you're welcome, Mickey. What are some of the ways to pick yourself right. up after you make what an you error during a game? 60. How many years you play in the big league? How many what? How many years you play in the big league? 11. I know. That's what I mean. Errors? It's great. But, but, but still, the errors come. We're human. We yeah. make errors. So how did you pick yourself up? Well, I think for me, is one is you've got to believe in yourself and your, your ability. So... For me, when I made an error, my first thought was short memory. Short memory, forget about it. I hope this next guy hits me the next ground ball. I turn a double play, and we move on. But I think in any type of sports that you play, you've got to have a really short memory, good or bad, right? You come up and you hit a double, next time up, you've got to wipe that out because you've got to help your team your next at bat. You make an error in the field, next ground ball, next fly ball, you've got to catch. So you've got to have a really short memory in this game. And um, that's what I did. I had a short memory. I didn't like making errors. I, I would rather go 0 for 4 than to make an error in a game. But, um, you know, I have to wipe it out and, and be ready to catch the next ball. And also, we should say, the first second baseman in Major League history, am I correct? To get an unassisted triple play. First in the regular season. Yeah. First in the regular season. Whatever. Wow. Unassisted <laughs> triple play. That's pretty darn cool. Uh, we have uh, time for one more question here, and then uh, maybe if you guys have a couple of questions, we can always make time. Uh, but, Dickie, this one's for you. Who's the one person that you have turned to in your life when dealing with mental health issues, and how important is it to have that go-to 
one or two people when you are struggling? This is going to be a little bit of an embarrassing answer, and we're being taped. It was my wife. She's not my wife no more, but it was my <laughs> wife. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I've been sober since April 9th of 1983, so I went into treatment. Um, and that's it's mental health. It's substance abuse. And uh, had to stop my career. And it was her. She was uh, right there with me the whole time. Of course, I will say this. She was probably secondary. It was my mother. I was embarrassed, though, for my mother to see me walking into a substance abuse program on national TV. So that was a little embarrassing. But my mother was always there for me. Um, so mothers are special. We all know that. There's, no, there's nothing like a mother. So it was a combination of my mother and my, and my wife at the time. Good answer. Good answer. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Okay, we got a, a couple of minutes before we have to leave, uh, but we would like to uh, get a couple of your questions. Hopefully, you've been thinking about some while we've been while we've been talking. So, um, who's going to be the first brave enough person to be our leadoff hitter with a question? Oh, there we go. Panelists? There we go. Okay, very good, sir. Yes, please. Uh, a lot of the girls here, uh, especially my daughter, are new in terms of you know all just joining a team for the first time. Uh, getting to know each other for the first time, and even the ones that have been here only for a couple years are still fairly new to a lot of the teams. All three of you guys had enormous success. We've been on championship teams in the majors, and a lot of your credit that I've always seen in interviews was to the team chemistry. Um, what advice would you give the girls in terms of trying to build that team chemistry? I know you talked about communication, but even for the girls that aren't having success coming right out the gate, um, it's easy for the successful girls to kind of really gravitate easy with a lot of the teammates, but the ones that are just still trying to get their feet, what advice would you give them in terms of trying to build that team chemistry in those dugouts to kind of have, have a successful season? It's a really good question. First of all, I assume that's your daughter there. The one that looked really embarrassed when you were asking the question. Yeah, first of all, look at you. <laughs> don't feel embarrassed. Feel very lucky to have a father who would ask a question like that. That's awesome. Sometimes yeah, well, you build team chemistry out of the dugout at Pizza Hut, at a, somebody's Great. house having a sleepover, a movie together, you know, hanging out away from the game. Sometimes that's where team chemistry. I, I think Milt's one of the greatest teachers of youth baseball that I've ever seen, and Mickey and myself coached. I, I was. Very honored to coach my kids from nine years old all the way up to, well, probably earlier than that, to 17. But I, one time I had to get my team over to hump from getting beat by Brookhaven every year, so I took them to my house and we watched that movie with Denzel Washington, the, uh, the name of the movie, the football movie? Remember, Remember the, the Titans. The Titans. Right. So I let them climb on my roof, dive in the pool. Don't tell nobody I did that, but, and, and I did all kind of stuff that night. We stayed up all night long. We played the next day and I went, this was the dumbest thing I ever did. We're going to lose. We won. We overcame the Titans, and we won. Sometimes it's done away from the dugout. It's letting them be who they are, letting them be themselves, and let that, let, let that natural thing take place. I believe in that big time. 
and, and further on that, I was a high school coach for four years back in Indiana, and I would hold Sunday night team, team parties at my house, and the team would come over, and we'd watch baseball. And we'd watch the game, and we'd talk about the game, and that's a good time for the young players to interact a little bit and see things on TV. And uh, so, yeah, I agree, completely agree with Dickie. Sometimes team chemistry is built away from the field. Bill? Well, actually, in Clearwater, um, there's a Ruby Tuesdays right there on 19. Mm -hmm. And all the young players that were in camp, I would take them there. We'd go there, and I'd get to know them. I'd say, let's talk. Let's get to know each other. I did that every... Oh, yeah, and then we also did bowling. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, all kinds of ways that we can get together and have fun. Doesn't have to be, like I said, it doesn't have to be on the field, but it's so many different ways to get together and get to know each other and, and have fun. You know, you look at our, our 93 team. When we, when we left spring training, we knew we were good. We knew we had a chance to do something really special. That didn't worry about everybody said you were a last place team the year before. Didn't matter. <laughs> you know, we came together. And the other thing on our team, too, is we had three platoons. We were unselfish. Uh, it was myself and Inky. It was uh, Izzy and Wes Chamberlain. And it was uh, Mickey and Mariana Duncan. I don't think any other team has ever done that and gotten to the playoffs. And he had a pretty good manager in Jim Ferguson, oh, yeah, too. definitely. Who understood that. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> Why are they that? <laughs> Coach, what's it? What's it? What's Dickie, you want to jump in? Because well, you I think all of, a all of us could speak of that because we cared about our careers. Sleep is extremely important. Get off your phone at night because it's going to keep you awake. Uh, I was on my phone up here because uh, one of our Latin players is going back to Venezuela, and he was texting me. But I, you, I would say get off your phone as much as you can at night. Sleep is extremely important. Get a, pick a night. I mean, that you might not, you know, you might stay up, but most of the nights have a time set that you need to go to bed and get up. What time do you get up? Don't sleep all morning. Get up, make your bed. You know, I read a book and I said, this book is, is, is making my bed ain't going to do anything for me. And it was a book that a serviceman, I think is a Navy SEAL wrote, and I got intrigued by it. So I read it. It was a little small book and it, the whole thing was, the name of the book is Make Your Bed. And I said, well, I'm going to make my bed. This is not going to work. That gum if it didn't work. I make my bed every morning. I felt like I did something right there. Nobody likes to get up when you, you know, five o'clock in the morning or 4.45 to go play golf. But we do it once in a while. But the thing about getting a good bed time to go to bed, you know, you, you, okay, I'm going to go to bed at 11 o'clock. I'm a young person. It's summertime. I'm going to go to bed at 11 o'clock. Because when you, when you get your sleep, you're going to be refreshed. You're going to be feel better. Your brain's going to work better. And then get that breakfast in. I don't care what anybody says. That's very important. You don't have to eat a lot, but eat something. Young people don't like to eat breakfast unless it's Dunkin' Donuts or, you know, something like that. But, <laughs> you know, you don't have to have coffee every morning. Be careful of the caffeine. We got a love affair with caffeine today. I don't know why, but uh, just get a good, good sleep. Eat as, as good as you can. You don't have to start saying, I'm going to eat fruits and vegetables all the time, but you don't need cheeseburgers and french fries all the time either. 
When I was a coach, and both of these guys probably went to the same thing, McDonald's and Burger King were my best friends. And every now and then a pizza. I mean, I love pizza. I don't like cheese, and I love pizza. And I'm married an Italian. How about that? But I will tell you something. When, when I finally figured out that I needed to get them, you know, in bed at a good time and start, you know, getting them a little bit better of a meal than McDonald's or Burger King. But once in a while, that's okay. But I think that's very important, Coach. That's, that's hugely important. And to, to perform at your highest level, you have to have energy, mm -hmm. right? And to have energy, you have to have, as Dickie said, good sleep, eat well, exercise. That's where you get all your energy from. So to perform at your highest level, you have to do those things. And, you know, as baseball players, you're, you're practicing or playing day in and day out every day. You need that energy. If you're going to be lethargic when you play sports, you're not going to perform to your highest peak. So all those things are important to get the maximum out of your body and what you can do. Commitment. Mm -hmm. I still get up and work out every day. I don't play any ball anymore or anything, but that's just part of me. I get up every day and get a good workout in. And How old are you, Milt? 63. I'd bet my paycheck, my car, and I would bet my, I ain't betting my pension. Let me keep that. But I'd bet a lot of money, that, and I don't bet, but I, I would put it up that this guy could walk in and play in the major leagues right now and be a good player. I ain't kidding you. For one day, yeah. He could get a hit. I know he could get a hit. I'm sure of it. He could get a hit. Uh, any other questions? Anybody else? Then I go have ahead, one. Go ahead and ask that question. Go ahead. I oh, get yeah, that hand ahead. up. Come on. Shut. Oh, come on. Be... She's shy. Go ahead. What? I'm sorry, could st stand up? What are some helpful tips to give coaches for their players? Yeah. Oh, when they see a player down? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry I didn't, well, didn't hear you. That's a great question, by the way. Well, the, fir the first now. thing is when I'm, when I'm working with kids, um, you got to communicate with me because, first of all, I got to try to earn your trust and you got to let me know. So for, for instance, if I'm trying to get you to do something and that is uncomfortable to you, you got to let me know. You know, you just don't let me just, oh, he's a big leaguer. I'm going to do this even though it doesn't feel right to me. No. There's so many ways you can do something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, as far as hitting, you know, you got to get to what I call a, an attack position. How you get there? <laughs> Whatever's comfortable to you. You know, you have to be comfortable in your own skin and then go from there, you know. Too many times, you know, I had a, a dad come up to me and goes, I want my, my kid to hit like Bryce Harper. Your kid ain't Bryce Harper. <laughs> no, we can't do that. We got to figure out what works for him. You know, you have to be yourself. You can't be someone else. You know, figure out what works for you and, and go from there and stay positive. You know, I've always stayed positive as coach. You just yeah. said something that's really important, trust. For all you coaches, we had a guy by the name of Doug Manzolino. We, we, I don't know if you were under him. Were you under him too? Doug, all three well, of yeah. us was under him. He preached this thing, and I love it. You have to show players three things. Number one is trust. They have to trust you. Number two, you have to show them that you have their best interest at heart. As a coach, you have to do that. It might be that little kid in left field that can't catch a ball. I had a kid in left field that couldn't catch a ball, so I took rubber balls out 
and I threw him up and hit him to him. In a championship game, he made the catch of the century, and we won. I didn't know he was going to do that. And the third thing is you have to show, you have, they have to know that you can make them better. Just make them better. I want to challenge everybody in here to grab this book by Og Mandino, and it's called The Twelfth Angel. I think it's called something like that, Twelfth Angel. It's about a little boy learning to just be better every day. He has cancer. We have a young player up here we're all going to visit that plays in our system that has cancer. Most positive person I've ever been around in my life. So just make sure that they trust you, they know you, have their best interest at heart, and then as a coach, you should make them a little better than when you got them. And the other thing as a coach, if you see someone that, that you don't think is right, first find out what the problem is. It may not be an athletic problem. Maybe, you know, if I just flunked a test or something, or maybe my, I got an argument with my best friend, or, you know, my boyfriend's mad at me, or whatever it may be. So you got to identify that problem first. Sometimes it's not always, you know, what's happening on the field. Finish, right. finish with your story. All right, young lady, I'm going to tell you a little story. When I went out for Little League, I idolized Jackie Robinson. So I ran out to second base, first day of Little League. First ground ball hit to me, I fielded it. I threw it left-handed. I was a lefty-lefty. Coach told me, can't play second base because you can't turn double play the right way if you're a left-hander. I went home, got with my dad, Threw right-handed every day after he got off of work. Played second base. <laughs> Whatever you want, you know, it might take you. Someone tells you you can't do something, and you put in the extra work and the determination, you can make it happen. That's one word you need to get out of your vocabulary right away. There's nothing I cannot do without a little extra work and determination. Make it happen. Well, I just want to thank our panelists uh, for giving up their time and some great advice. I'd like to thank the Phillies for making this, uh, this opportunity available. Uh, and uh, somebody's doing something over here. What are you doing, TJ? I thought everybody knew. Yell it out, TJ. Oh, you got autographs? Yeah, we got cards. Oh, wonderful. So, uh, and also, most of all, thank all of you young people who are here and your parents or your coaches for taking the time to come here to try to get better. It's very important, and you guys are doing something very, very good tonight by being here. Our guys are going to stick around here before game time. They've got some photo cards. If you'd like an autograph, just go on up and uh, get in line, and uh, they'll sign for you. So thank you again, everybody. And uh, as we end every time we get together, right. go Phils!